Part two of the sixth Aliyah, an entirely different story. Back to when Avram is in Israel. And now we don't stay where Avram is 75 and his wife is 65. We actually jump 10 years to when Avram's 85 and Sarah is 75. Because again, Torah is not a history book. It doesn't go through every detail and every part of the story, but specifically um, focuses on the stories that we need for lessons, etc. So Sarah, Avram's wife, had not borne him a child. Now, although she hadn't borne him a child for a long time, there's, at the time it was practiced, the custom, and until quite recently in Jewish history it was practiced. These days it's not so practiced that if a, a woman did not have a child for 10 years, obviously this is pre all the technology of reproductive technology, um, so the husband would get divorced and would, or at least marry a second woman to be able to see if they could have children. And the law was that if you go to the Holy Land, you get another 10-year extension because the Holy Land might bring you mazel. So when Avram came to the Holy Land, he, they gave each other another 10 years, and now it's 10 years later and still doesn't have a child. And Avram was not going to divorce Sarah. He was going to accept it. But Sarah had an Egyptian bondswoman whose name was Hagar. If you remember, this was the daughter of Pharaoh who Pharaoh sent with them and said, rather that Hagar be a maidservant in the house of Avram than a queen in my house. Sarah says to Avram, look, Hashem has kept me from having children and um, my essence is therefore in danger of being lost from this world because I won't be able to perpetuate myself through my children. So why don't you come to my bondswoman, take her as a concubine, which means not an official marriage, but a semi-marriage, and perhaps through the merit of sharing you with her, I will bear children of my own because I'll have to overcome my jealousy seeing you with another woman. Or just seeing her have a baby will just evoke a desire within my body to have a woman, a child as well. Avram f- felt that Sarah was speaking prophetically, so he agrees and he accepts Sarah's voice. So, Sarai convinces Hagar the Egyptian to marry Avram by telling her how fortunate you are to have somebody, you know, to, to be married to somebody so holy. And she gave Hagar as a second wife. They have relations and she conceives immediately. When Hagar sees that she's pregnant, she regards her mistress with disdain. She thinks to herself and says, Sarah's a hypocrite. If she was really as righteous as she pretends to be, why did God not bless her with children? which often we start playing and saying, oh, if I have brachas in my life, I must be greater than the people who doesn't, which it doesn't really work that way. Often it's quite the opposite. When Sarah hears Hagar's words, she says to Avram, I do not blame Hagar for feeling this way. You are to blame for the wrong of my humiliation. Why? She says, when you asked Hashem for children, you only asked for you to have children. You never asked for us to have children. And you see that I selflessly gave my bondswoman t- to you. And now she's pregnant she disrespects me. And you, you do not admonish her. Let God judge between me and you. And then she then turns to Hagar and says again, let God judge between me and you. And Hagar miscarried. Avram says to Sarah, listen, take this woman. She's in your hands. Deal with her as you see fit. Like mix me out. Sarai dealt quite harshly with her, giving her hard work in order to break her ego. 
according to Nachman, these Ramban, this was a tremendous sin, which would cause a lot of havoc to the Jewish people in the in the future um, by the descendants of Hagar towards the descendants of Sarah. Hagar runs away and goes to the desert. An angel of God finds her by the spring of water in the desert, next to the spring on the road to the city of Shur. Now, Hagar was actually used to seeing angels in Avram's tent, so she wasn't too afraid. The, the angel says, Hagar, where are you coming? Where are you headed? He obviously knew where she was going and where she's headed, but that's the way you start a conversation. How's it? How's life? How are things? You don't go straight to the, like, the punchline. She says, I'm running away from Sarah, my mistress. And now a second angel comes and says, each angel comes and says one statement according to Rashi, rather than the same angel. Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her control. Third angel comes and says, I will grant you many descendants, and they will be so numerous you won't be able to count them. A fourth angel comes and says, you will again conceive and will give birth to a son. Name him Yishmael, because El, Kel, means God, has heard Shama, your outcry. And interesting that Yishmael has become a Jewish name, as we say every morning in Davening, Rabbi Yishmael Omer, some of the great sages were named Yishmael. He will be a wild man who loves to hunt in the desert. He will be a robber. His hand will be set against everybody. His hands in everybody, everybody's hands in him, everybody's going to hate him. Like, you know, be that kind of thug. But his offspring will be numerous. And he will dwell in the company of all his descendants. In other words, very family-oriented, which they are. Hagar gave a new name to God, who had spoken to her through these angels, and said, You are the God of my seeing, who sees all but cannot be seen, and who has seen my humiliation. Would I have ever imagined that I'll be privileged to see angels while in the desert and not in the house of Avram? Certainly not. It's only through God's mercy. Hagar's declaration proved that she had repented from her previous haughtiness, and now she was worthy of going back to home. The well was therefore called Be'er Lachai Ro'i, which means the, the well where I saw the living angel of God that sees. It is between the area of Kadesh and Bared, which is more south from where she originally came from, which was staying with Avram in Hebron. Hagar again conceives and bears a son to Avram. Um, although Hagar never told Avram what the name was supposed to be from the angel, Avram had the divine inspiration to actually give the name Yishmael when it was born. Avram was 86, and this was the year 2034. Sarah was 76. Okay. 13 years later, we jump. The year 2047, Avram's 99 years old. Hashem appears to Avram again, and this time it's to get ready to have a child with his wife Sarah. But in order to do that, he has to have a special commandment first. This child has to come from a holy body through circumcision. Now Avram expressed concern that differentiating himself this way from other people would discourage them from joining his religious movement because, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, maim my body. So Hashem says to him, don't worry. I can overcome this possible repercussion. You need not worry. Walk in my ways. Everything will be fine. And please be perfect without any defect in walking my ways. In other words, pass this test that I'm about to give you. And just like you passed the other tests, continue to pass the future tests as well. Walk in my ways. 
by following circumcision, and through this you will be perfect. As long as you're uncircumcised, you're not perfect. Although you have reached a high level of self-control, you are in control of your eyes, your ears, uh, sorry, you're still not in control of five of the 248 parts of your body. Those five parts are your two eyes, two ears, and your organ of procreation, which you have no control, because you have no control of what you hear and how your body reacts to sexual stimuli. But now I want you to control, I'll give you control over these organs. And that's why from the name Avram, which is numerical value of 243, I'm going to change your name to Avraham, which is 248. You're going to have control on 248 of your limbs. I will make a covenant between me and you to love you and the merit of observing this commandment to give you the promised land. Again, the promise of the promised land. And I will give you, make you numerous. Now, as always happened when Hashem spoke to Avram before he was circumcised, Avram fell on his face because he wasn't at the spiritual level, because he wasn't circumcised to really contain that spiritual you know, intensity. He didn't have the stamina. Now, Hashem says to him, here's my covenant with you. You'll be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer will you be named Abram, but rather, I'll put a hey, you'll be Avraham. I make you Avhamongayim, a father of a multitude of nations. Don't, but you'll still be called Avraham, with, which the, with the Resh, which is, symbolizes your previous status, that you were Avram, you were the head of the nation of Aram, ruler of Aram, that you will continue to be. I will make you fruitful, um, I will make you into two nations, descending from your grandsons, the Edomites from Esau, the Jews from Yaakov, and many kings of these nations will descend from you as well.